and CEO of Crest Community. I'm here with my dear friend Blaine, who's a, a member here for Crest. Uh, he also is a software developer. That's the right way to call it, right? Architect developer? Uh, architect developer. Yeah, on yeah. The day. You were my guest solver. on uh, one of our last Crest chats. It was awesome. Um, really learned a lot from you about achieving dreams, setting goals, and uh, habits. And um, again, if you're not familiar with Crest, go ahead and check us out online. We're a, a, a private community space. Um just uh, for entrepreneurs and leaders, really to experience um, what a professional community can do for you. Uh, tune into these podcasts, come to our events, uh, fly down to Tampa if you're in Tampa, um, just come and hang out, get a coffee on us, and just enjoy um, just the serendipity and synergy that can occur by the diversity of the leaders and entrepreneurs that are here. And uh, we're just going to jump right in. Blaine, what do you do? Ah, well... Depends on what uh, what day it is. <laughs> some days I'm problem solving. Some days I'm designing things. Um, I w- uh, my day-to-day job is uh, architect slash data scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, basically trying to uh, you know deal with big data, learn things uh, from that. Um, right now, most of my job is is not is not as uh, sexy as that sounds. Um, it's basically just trying to get reports in for customers, which is, you know, sounds very boring, but right now that that's, that's, that's where we're at with it. So what kind of data are you guys looking at? Is it just based on what the customer needs? Is it customer acquisitions? What it's selling to somebody? What is somebody's interest and needs? It's basically numbers for our customers to figure out uh, where the, how they want to grow their business. So uh, we look at, so they can, you know, tabulate, you know, number of transactions, amounts, um, what products people are using, what products they are not using, um, how many active users they've got. You know, a lot of it's the same kind of stuff that you would get from like a, uh, a you know, uh, if you're looking at your web usage, right? Mm-hmm. Just trying to see what. Uh, Google um, Analytics and stuff. So. Yeah. But it's, is it geared more towards like POS systems or, I mean, because you work for NCR right now. Right. And so is NCR still in processing? Like from their, have they stayed pretty true to that? National Crash Register? Um, there's actually two sides of the business for that. Okay. The, the side I'm on is on the online banking. Okay. So it's mainly like, um, smaller banks and, uh, trying to get them to where they have the same kind of analytics as like the big banks. Right. So they can, you know, like more like your credit unions and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, and, and even with that, we have, uh, right now what we're trying to do is we have several products and we're trying to combine those into one. So, you know, it's not, um trying to do a bunch of different things at once because, um, you know, NCR, NCR has acquired, you know, companies and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's the typical trying to get everything to work and make your customers happy at the same time and, you know, fix the ship that's at sea. Yeah. Cause you are, you're, you're like middle management for NCR. Is that like the definition of where you're at? Like you're managing teams underneath you. Uh, you're responsible for productivity and delivering on deadlines and making sure everyone's kind of flowing. Is that the str- – I mean, how old is NCR, I guess, is the first question. Oh, NCR is really old. It's over 100 years. Mm-hmm. I, re- I mean, over 150 probably, right? Yeah. So w- I guess kind of a preface for that question is what is – so many of the interviews that I have on here, myself included, come from founders, entrepreneurs, people that are doing startups. <clears throat> um, you are 
fascinatingly awesome and unique because you have a very entrepreneurial heart and spirit and creative, and yet you <clears throat> are in this machine that has been around for 100 plus years, 150 years. Describe what is it like working because it's it's a I mean it's a it's a giant like warship versus a speedboat or a jet ski right? What is it like working internally in a large company like that that's trying to adapt and change as more software and, and movements that are occurring entrepreneurially in the startup world? There's a lot more bureaucracy, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's when you have an entrepreneurial spirit. Those are some of the kind of things that you have to kind of. Um, I won't say fight, uh, I'll say challenges mm-hmm. <laughs> is a more of a way. Um, because a lot of times uh, bureau- bureaucracy to me happens because um, somebody went their own way and it caused issues and someone's like, okay, we need to safeguard against that. Right? Systems and controls. Right. And so <coughs> over time, I think these build up. So for an organization as old as, as NCR, um, they just build up, right? Mm-hmm. And then it takes somebody to kind of come from the outside, which is my perspective. <laughs> which takes innovators um, to come in. To come in and kind of go, you know, this this piece doesn't make sense, or, or this is really painful. This is a, a really painful problem. It's it's hindering us having a, a faster turnaround, turnaround time for our customers. Mm-hmm. This is impeding our progress, right? And also a lot of it's also, you know, years and years of, um, you know, development, different people coming in and out, um, mm-hmm. right. Trying to deal with, you know, huge systems. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of dealing with something at scale, right? Yeah. There's, there's such a scale to it. And, um, and one of the, one of the hardest informations that, that, you know, I, I talk to is my friends are scaling or growing a large company. Um, you know, like my friends have a, a company that has close, you know, about 2,000 mem- 2, employees, 2,000 members um, and team members and um, and just phenomenal revenues. And it's like it's taking every, it's so much energy, like, you know, on, like a fly on the wall being an athletic inside that executive office, right? And I've had that privilege to sit, you know, these companies, this company that is, you know, will probably surpass a billion dollars in revenue. You know, it's not a small, it's not a small company to me, right? That's annual right. revenue. That's pretty good sized company, a couple thousand. It's not like NCR because NCR has got what, how many, how many employees does NCR have? I lost count. It's tons. It's I mean, huge, thousands. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but when you start getting into the thousand, two thousand, mem- you know, employees, 3000 employees, 50,000 employees, um, I mean, you know, talking even to one of our other members here, he were on the, you know, the Crest Chat on, with, it was Corvelli with 91,000 employees that he has to be a part of an executive team as a chief administrative officer to probably process through HR and administration and how that, and it's just one of those daunting tasks that, um, and he's actually a really good executive when it comes to that because he's like trying to find market-facing, on-the-streets information. And um, as, as a leader, how important is that front-row, you know, market-facing activity from the inside looking out if the, if the CEO knew what the consumer was doing on the street level, how would that impact, like, the, the decisions of the bureaucracy and all those things within the company? Uh, well, that's a tricky question because, again, there's a reason for that bureaucracy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's one yeah. of those things where the way I look at it is when something becomes an issue or impedes progress or prevents me from getting something done, mm-hmm. right, then 
at that time when it becomes a roadblock, then it's one of those you step back and go, okay, do we still need this? Because sometimes bureaucracy was needed at one time, and yeah. it's like tradition. People are like, well, you know. We've, we've always had this. We've always had this meeting. But technology done can. done things this way. Yeah. You know, why would we do this differently? And sometimes you just got to sit there and question it and go, okay, well, here's what we could do instead. Um, one of my big things is always trying to automate things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. That's, you took the word. It, out. That's it, where I was going. Yeah. Everyone on my team kind of rolls their eyes because I'm, I'm, I'm always talking about um, engineering practices, automation, and quick feedback. They need to make you like an executive in CR. I'm telling you, man. Like that's that is, that is executive <laughs> material. That is ownership thinking, systematizing everything. That's I literally just left four hours of meetings of systemizing thought of if this, then this, if this, then this, our systems, and then the technology support our systems. That whole, like, so I'm, I'm coming off of this, like, right, and I'm like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, this is, like, that's that's how founders think, man, and that's how that's how these big companies need to keep thinking, is, like, what you're talking about, just to encourage you with that. Yeah, I, I never really thought about it that way. I see myself more as a technologist, because, mm-hmm. you know, I still like getting my hands dirty. Of course. And that's been the one thing about working up the management chain, so to speak. I've always kind of resisted it, going, no, um, I like keeping my hands dirty. Um, my, my, my boss knows that now. Um, yeah. You know, but I'm always coming to him and going, hey, these are the things. And then I let him go and take the fight for me mm-hmm. um, and, and do some of these challenges, which he's uh, really great at, which is, you know, why I'm working for him. Um, but, I mean, f- for a lot of that, you know, yeah, it's just I'm, I'm trying just to get people to go, you know, if you're doing something manual all the time, don't do that. It's a waste of energy. Yeah. Or if we have a meeting where it's pretty much everyone in a round robin fashion going, yes, yes. It's like, okay, why do we all need to have a meeting where there's a committee that goes, yes or <laughs> no? I mean, what, it, you know, <coughs> is there better ways of, yeah. you know, getting those approvals? And like we had a process, it was a, it was a huge meeting that we have to do to before we um, do anything. And, and it was put in place basically to stop, you know, someone trying to, um, trying to just, throw something out and have it break everywhere because if you break everywhere that that's customer facing and the thing is is we deal with numbers and yeah. if you got wrong numbers um uh, numbers don't lie man they do not lie well cus- <laughs> that's how you lose customers right yeah so that's why this was in place and so i thought about it and i was like well really you know if you automated the reports that they want we could automate all these reports me email it out to everybody and they can look at it before and if they don't like what they see why don't they send me a message back to say, hey, there's something, this doesn't look right or what have you, yeah. but be able to say, here's, we just generated this report that shows this is how we tested it. This is the test results. You know, this is, you know, to verify that everything still works like we had, like we had before. These are the things we fixed. And, you know, I'm telling you, cetera, the CEO cetera, cetera, and COO right? of, of NCR sat with you and just listened, like what we're about to do for an hour, it would change for, transform the organization because you are, and your team, you guys are facing the markets, right? And, right. Well, I mean, and, you're dealing with the issues, the daily issues, right? And NCR yeah. is like allowing us to have a a, a good bit of a autonomy on, on that. Good for the for the for the fact of you should know, have asked that if they were or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that culturally are they trying to adapt into that? They're to trying li- to do that because yeah. they're trying to become a software as a service mm-hmm. company, um, and I think that's you know. Everyone still thinks of them as cash register company, but yeah. you know, going forward, oh. you know, um, they want to be seen as a software as a service company. You know, <laughs> as like one of the big, you know, like uh, 
you know, Silicon Valley companies and things like that. But they're still seeing, I mean, when you think of NCR, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people still think like IBM, mm-hmm. like kind of together because, you know, they're both very old companies. I mean, think, think of it this way. So the thing that set them on the map out of Dayton, Ohio, right? If, I, if, I, if my history serves me correct, that's where NCR was right. founded. It was Dayton, right? Have you ever been to Dayton? No. It's a cool town, actually. I, drive, I used to drive through it touring and things like that. So, I, I mean, it's fascinating. It's bigger than you think. It doesn't get the recognition, but it's like the town of inventors and innovators, right? So a company this large, and it's just, for me, as, as, a, as someone who tries to have a 200-year vision, right? which is very rare I see in nowadays, but it's like you look at GE, Thomas Edison, right? right. Thomas Edison, the mo- one of the most innovative individuals in history, right? GE now, through the cycles, is struggling continually with innovation. And if you don't innovate, if you don't adapt, if you don't move, the same thing that's got them going is if they, if they stop doing it, it will actually create a death position in them. Like whoever thought Sears was going to go out and be replaced? You know, taxi industries, Toys R Us, right? These giants, but um, big that big uh, you know, Best Buy's competitor, Circuit City, right? Well, a lot of the companies I've worked for in my career are all gone. Think of that, right? The they first, stop. The first company I worked for was USF and G, which is one of the oldest insurance companies mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah, went out of business. Yeah, so you're you're have an interesting perspective from the inside out because I just know I know you. I know that you're innovative. I know that you're a thinker. I know that you're self disciplined. I know. You have everything of a great leader that's in you, and because you're a great leader, um, and uh, and and just just to even boost your confidence in that, like it's like everything you're doing, leaders they 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 do the same stuff. You know, it's just that you have you actually have a lot of great tools that you can bring to society and bring to this company if it was something that was in you. Um, but I'm just thinking through like how fascinating is this company, who has such a hurdle to jump over now because they changed how business ran worldwide. They changed embezzlement. They changed everything. It's like before that, I mean, before the cash register existed, like, dude, it it was insane. It was just insanity. The stores couldn't turn a profit, I think, and it changed the world, right? And so they were the innovator. They were the Google of the 1800s. Well, yeah, I mean, they solved a huge problem, which was, you know, handwritten receipts. People, it was easy to fudge. Yeah. Right, you put the number in. It was harder to once you had that accounting in there. Um, you know, you couldn't you know, yeah. take a dollar here or a penny there, right? Yeah, or a hundred. Yeah, you know, as it added up, right? And it was a lot of money. And so, like, my the whole point I'm making is like, we we need more innovators like you in large companies um, that can it keeps going. Um, or the companies won't exist, and there's going to be a major economic void, potentially with people that aren't entrepreneurial. And so, and that, that's kind of the dance between like large companies and startups and these exits, these quick exits versus these longevity movements, um, which I think we're, we're in a really hyper focus of like just these guys that just want really quick cash, you know, the exit culture. It's like, hey, I'm going to start this idea. Five years later, I want to sell it for a billion. You just go, yeah, but where's the meat behind that? Where, where, where are the NCRs going to be 100 years from now? Who's going to be the NCRs 150 years from now? That's a good question. And who do you think? I, you know, I, I don't even want to, uh, and I have no idea because it's going to be someone that we don't expect. You think so? If Okay. Um, I started my career in 1994. Mm-hmm. Okay. The internet at that point 
was only used by colleges. You didn't have the World Wide Web. You did well. You did. I take that back. What it, you didn't have images. It did. It didn't have the polish it does now. Mm-hmm. The the web browsers were very rudimentary. In fact, there used to be this one called Links that was text only. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't actually remember it, but I heard of it. So we yeah. used to in college. The way we got through the internet was email, FTP, and Gopher. And Gopher was this almost like this rudimentary kind of search thing. And you go find FTP sites, and then you would go get stuff. And then you had news groups as well. This thing called news, which no one ever uses now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Google wasn't a name. In fact, uh, the first search engine that I knew about to really help with the internet was Alta Vista. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know what that name is now? No. no. I mean, you got a dominator they, like Google that just I, came in. It was like 92% of all searches or something like that. Just through Google. Yeah, Netscape. Everyone thought Netscape was going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Where are they now? I mean, Microsoft came in and swooped in, right? Mm-hmm. Microsoft used to be the bad boys, and they're, you know, but they're they're kind of considered like a, the IBM now. Mm-hmm. Um, where IBM used to be, you know, the big bad boy on the block, right? And now they're, you know, th- now they're not. They they don't, you know, lift their weight. I mean, their standards at IBM. You know, enforced just because they're IBM. I mean, um, the ASCII, the way we imp- uh, do characters or, or used to until Unicode came, that was because of IBM said, nope, this is what we're going to do. But they don't have that kind of sway now, right? Mm-hmm. So to say, like, especially in technology, yeah, it's going to be someone small that we don't know about. It's probably going to be something, um, I think it's going to be around some of the AI stuff that you're seeing now. Like the chat. Chat GPT, is that what it's called? Yeah, Chat GPT. Um, I tried that out this morning. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It's, phenomenal. I think it, um, my worry with the Chat GPT stuff is, to me, it's just pulling, it, it's hive mind. It's data, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's pulling data from the internet. It's getting, you know, the averages, right, um, of, of things, right? So what it's putting out is just what's, you know, on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what other people have written, and it's kind of, you know, just, just, um, just boiling it down, right? Yeah. What I think is, uh, the thing I always worry about with things like that, with technology like that, is people saying, oh my God, this is so incredible, I can now get rid of my whole development staff because I can get this thing to write code, right? Mm-hmm. But the issue is, is okay, we're always, at some point, well, at some right now, we still need humans because what ChatGBT is good at is generating stuff, but it's not very good at taking something existing and saying, "Oh, I have a change I need to make to this." Right? And yeah. That's where you still and designing things. Right? You still need humans for that. But I'm not going to count out that eventually that's going to happen. I think what ChatGBT and all those will do is accelerate mm-hmm. everything. Right? Because the minute they can get outside of the hive mind, I mean. Um, Right. Here's here's how a knuckle dragger like myself, you know, used Chat GBT this morning. Okay, I need to create a new SOP for our sales flow. Hey, Chat, how do I do this for X Y Z flow? All right, how do I do this? And it saved me eight hours of reading and research and all this other stuff. And I think. It's going to do what society's doing now, which I think we have a major problem, um, which I guess it's technically always be, always been this way. I think we have a, one of the greatest crises, other than the population crisis, which I don't know if you've talk, looked into that much, but the, one of the greatest crises that we have is the lack of critical thought in society. There's, there's, 
the ability to have a cohesive conversation of thought and challenging in a in a healthy way of st- it it's just fascinating like it, it's who you where is innovation going to go on the mass populace um with as ai is coming on the on the scene for, like me as an entrepreneur i'm constantly in creative thought and critical thought so i used it as a springboard that saved me probably a few thousand dollars, if not more, of consulting with a human being. And you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. dude, you just, like, wrapped it up for me. That's awesome. Now I can go and work with it. And that's always been the pluses and minuses with technology, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's always the positive side. The positive with chat GPT is, yeah, it can save you a ton of time and stuff. Or at least if you're just, like, starting out researching something, mm-hmm. right, you could go ask it. Yeah. Right? And it can um, bring all that information together. The flip side of that coin is... The people that use it for <laughs> ill gain, mm-hmm. um, the amount of um, false information that can be generated now. Really, talk can, about that. Um, you can get ChatGPT just to generate whatever you want to spew out, spew out. Right, you can get it to write articles, and you can get it to um, to generate that whatever you know. If you wanted to, like, whatever you wanted to put out there, right. Really, what you're doing to me, false information is is noise. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you can, and a lot of times people, um, you see it on Facebook. A lot of times people will put an article and it has the catchy, uh, you know, attention grabbing headline. How many people really click down and read the article? Right. Very few. So a lot of them are, are meant to kind of get you kind of like upset, right? Like some like some musician said this other musician was really bad, and you go, oh, how dare they? That that musician is not good. Why is he you know talking blah blah blah? But then you click in the article and you really find out that in the interview that's not what was said, right? And they they, they just did something for a catchy headline, and they they do it across politics too. You mm-hmm. see it all the time. All the time. You know, you see well this politician said this and blah blah, and or you know, and, it, and it's really meant to be de- um, divisive, right? Yeah. I think those kinds of things. What a perspective! That's that's, that's yeah. the bad. That's the flip side of the bad part. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you think about automation, I mean, automation has um, replaced jobs. Yeah, we've gotten totally rid of jobs, and up to this point in our time, we've been able to um, what we've automated. We've created other jobs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I mean, what, and what I'm thinking, like for example, like this building that we're in, is best way to describe it is a smart building. So um, it works literally like this morning, somebody came in, technically didn't even have to come in. Like somebody can automate it. As soon as it turns off the alarm, every light turns on, all the music turns on, ACs drop down. If something breaks in the AC, it can contact the AC contractor to come and change its filters. You know, it's like you think of that and you go, that was like, like human capital right there that we just were like, this thing opened itself up for a fairly inexpensive position, you know, economically. And you go, that's amazing that us as just scrappy entrepreneurs, I was like, I really want that because I think that's the future of, in my heart as, and and maybe this, this is why, uh, this is why I even started Crest is I want to influence the leaders to think through the long play, right? I want to influence the entrepreneurs. Like leaders are moving governments, entrepreneurs are moving markets, creatives are moving culture, right? And so my whole heartbeat on this, not just talk about me, but it is the idea to be like, look, we have a responsibility as the select few, not the majority, but a minority of society that is going to get out and do things to lead people to not just be 
you know, it, it's that small percentage that makes big waves, right, historically. And so if we can create a level of, like, fiduciary responsibility of, like, you know what, I need to have a heavy integrity to think about the grandkids and the great-grandkids, right, about right. Of, of America and of the world so that my decisions today can impact, you know, in a healthy way because they're going to impact regardless for people for the next 200 years, but they can impact in a healthy way rather than a non-healthy way. And so that's kind of like one of my own personal missions is that, and I want to use technology. There's no way I'm fighting it. I'm not, I'm not going to fight AI. I'm not going to fight machine learning automation. It's just not, it's moving so fast. I can't fight it or I'm just, you know, but what I would love to do is utilize it to empower the people that are coming alongside me and underneath me that I can lead and mentor and then try to create literally four times the output with half the energy so I can pay my staff two times the value of the market wage because of who they are and their commitment to me and my vision and company. And that's how I'm hoping we can, because that's honestly, it's kind of come down to the heart of the leader. Is it, are they going to be, you know, not every, you know, it, it, it's a good thing to not to replace employees. It really is because then you can, because I mean, this is my perspective. It might be wrong. It might be really offensive to some people from different angles, but I would rather pick the people that have a servant heart and are just like all in and go above and beyond culturally that we've developed and pay them two times their, their anyone else in the market for their position because we use technology. And honor that. Be like, look, you know what? You gave me four times the output, half, half the cost. I'm going to give you the reward, man, for that. And that's what I think is going to – honestly, it's going to be more leaders hopefully thinking that way and then kind of stepping up like the – Hey, if you want this position, you're going to go earn it. You're going to actually be a team player. You're not going to be quiet quitting. You're not. You're going to be engaged in this way culturally. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? I mean, that's kind of like one of my high-level processes of machine learning and technology as an entrepreneur. Like, because cash flow is a real thing, you know? It's, it's hard. I'm trying to find ways constantly to not have to hire people legitimately. Like, it's like a real thing. You're like, all right, how do I, like, how do I replace this with a, with a robot? Right. So that I can invest this hard-earned cash and resources into people, into, you know, and then grow them, like, grow, you know, get them, get them up. Like the Ryans, you know, how do I invest in Ryan more, right? I, I don't need to have four or five people because of, we have technology. I can have a Ryan, and he does so much, you know, or, or all my other guys. But what do you think? I'm, I'm rambling now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've always uh, felt that if companies want um, people to be all in like that, you need, you need to give them a stake in the company. Okay. Um, when I worked at Salesforce, one of the first things that happens when I joined, um, is they used to give you a bunch of stock options. Wow. And it, <laughs> it was quite a bit. You make them owners basically. Um, equitable. Yeah. And yeah. if the company did well, um, they gave you more stock options. Yeah. Right? Cause it gave you s basically got you skin in the game. And I've always felt that if you put skin in the game, you know, um, people will be, um, more into what's going on. You know, with what I do, it's one of those things where it's always been hard to show how much money do I make the company at my level because a lot of stuff I do, you can't, it's hard to do metrics mm -hmm. on a lot of it, right? Um, in fact, it's very hard to do metrics in software when you start measuring productivity. The only measure that they've been able to really um, use is throughput. Like you can't mm -hmm. use lines of code because, you know, all those, mo most of the metrics. Um, You're busy work. People, people will, f will figure out how to fudge metrics. If, mm -hmm. you're, if you're measuring somebody on a metric, they'll figure out a way to game the system. It's got to be a result. 
right? Get us the result we want. Boom. But the only one that's been proven is throughput. By yeah. you know, when a customer comes and requests something, how long does it take? You know, to mm-hmm. get through the system until it's you know given to the customer. Right? Yeah. But yeah, it you know it's even with us, it's hard to find good people, um, and it's really hard when you have good people that go for reasons that you can't control. Oh, it is. It's really hard. Um, you know, so nothing's more painful than losing somebody and be like, "Man, I'm gonna miss that dude," you know? Yeah, and uh, being like, "Dang it!" Well, I understand seasons, you know, but it's and that's how you, that's the culture you want, though. Not the bad blood, like, man, I can't believe I'm so glad that guy's gone. Yeah, well, yeah. you you know, you want people to kind of you would like for people to boomerang, right? Yeah, to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go do do this thing." I go, "Okay, you, you can go do that." And, you know, you can mourn the loss, but then they come back, you know, and they go, hey. <laughs> you know what? Grass wasn't greener. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this place was actually really cool. Can you take me back? I'm really sorry. We filled your spot. You know? And I'm just kidding. But it's <laughs> Yeah, Salesforce, that happened yeah. a lot. A lot yeah. of people would leave to go to Twitter or Google and they, or Facebook, and they would come back because the culture, mm-hmm. um, I also believe that cultures and businesses come from the CEO. Absolutely. And, and filter down. Um and when I worked at Salesforce, the culture was um, every, everything was Ohana, um, and I was I was all in um, because I love that culture and everyone was always out to help one another. It mm-hmm. was almost like the team I was on. Uh, I almost I always said that we were a gang. That's what we yeah. felt like. You know, yeah, don't mess yeah. with us. You know, yeah. we're you know we'd stand up for camaraderie. Each other. Yeah, affirmation. Yeah, we yeah. go to these team building events, and we were all like, you know, like, oh yeah, we're gonna win this, whatever, and you know, it it, it was great. We all got along, and you know, it was like, uh, you know, doing great work, and we knew what we were doing was affecting, you know, the bottom line, and everything. It felt wonderful, but I think that that kind of culture, you know, has to come up, you know, f- from from the top. Yeah, and, and I think you can have it in 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 big companies. I know a lot of times people talk about, you know. You know, like I just talked about bureaucracy and stuff, mm-hmm. and that can kind of get you down. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, if your corporation doesn't or big company doesn't have that kind of Ohana culture, you can make it on your own smaller team. When I worked mm-hmm. at IBM, I worked in a very small team that really, for the first couple of years I worked there, we were we operated like a well-funded startup. And we had a lot of fun. We did a lot of stuff that we uh, – we weren't supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working for IBM. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying we were doing anything illegal or any of that, but it was like stuff like. When it goes out on the internet, it doesn't come back. So let's, we can weigh our words. No, no. It's, it's I'm just, just kidding. Just saying, there were, there were things that IBM probably would have gone, why didn't you use our framework? And you know, it was like one of those things where like, well, you know, we wrote our own because yeah. it took us less time and we could make our customers happier. And IBM was happy because, well, the people that were paying for our product loved it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was things, it was, it was things like that. Well, I know I, I always, you know, I, I've kind of started this funny thing. I actually, this month I won the most beautiful failure award personally, um, for sure. And it's so much of it is just like laughing at that and admitting, Ryan, you, you won it a couple of times. Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> truth time. Um, no, the whole point, like, and I've talked about this, I think in other episodes, um, so much of this stuff, I could probably just reiterate every time, but I really hold to that like 80, 20. And, um, Ryan, how often have I gotten, like, really upset when you've made a mistake? None, right? I can't think of any time. And it's because, it's because you actually have, like, a follow-through procedure, and you're, you're very teachable. Um, 
but it's um like 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 uh you could probably jump in on this even um like because this is just like 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 to what we're talking about like 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 the top down culture um that I'm I'm constantly trying to learn I just, I'm actually gonna interview him for a second um with you no 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 you talk you talk we have four mics in here <laughs> but um yeah because like this is an interesting di- you know dynamic because he's a young entrepreneur. Helping us out with all of our content. Uh, everyone, this is Ryan. I don't know if you can see him or not. But I don't he's, think he's so. the man. What's up? Um, like, and I'm hoping, like, this is just a good example. Like, Blaine can, you know, walk with this. But it's like, when you make a mistake working here and with us, um, what's your first thought? Well, for me, it's just a lot of shame. You know, okay. it's like, oh, crap. I disappointed yeah. everyone that I uh, am working with. And, can't tell Jeremy just because of my own mistake, but that's just my own thought process. And when I come to you, it's always like, all right, how are we going to fix it? Yeah. <laughs> and we go through together or, or I try to come up with some solution beforehand. And a lot of times it's just a lot of grace that you give me. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. Let's work through this. But how does it make you feel though? Like what, yeah. are, have you grown through that? Yeah, for sure. I used to be super, super um, unable to, deliver bad news or um news that i've done <laughs> poorly and uh-oh. yeah exactly uh-huh. yeah. um but now i feel very comfortable <laughs> sharing yeah. the failures that i've gone through yeah um, so that's that's like the 80 20 model what i was talking about right that actually i didn't know how he was gonna respond to that i was like really, he's responding good i'm gonna give him 100 bucks tomorrow um no but the whole, the whole not really no don't get excited about it all right um i'm broke i'm broke um uh, no, uh, but the the whole idea behind that is like what you're talking about. Like I believe that that is the heartbeat of innovation. Like, yo, eighty percent be successful, please. Twenty percent just fail, fail, fail forward, fail big. Let's own it. Let's let's process it. Just don't feel bad about. Yeah, don't feel shame. Don't feel bad about that. I've 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 had to do the same thing. And now I've gotten to where I'm pretty open when I fail. I'll, I'll even tell our junior developers on my yeah. team like. Hey, I went with the best information that I had, and you know what? I look back on this, and this wasn't a good idea, and this is why. And I always tell solutions. I always tell people. Um, I just had a conversation earlier today, and um, someone came to me and was like, "Well, I hate coming to you with this problem because I know you're dealing with a lot of problems." And I looked at it. <laughs> I always say, "I have colorful language when I see problems." <laughs> um, it's almost like I have Tourette's sy- syndrome, um, but it's funny because uh, I'm looking at it and I'm like going, Oh, not another. Th- oh my goodness. Oh, why? And I always have to tell people when I'm talking to them going, okay, I'm not getting mad at you. Or, or even if you're responsible for what I'm looking at and I'm like going, Oh my, I, how, how could this be? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm no, this is our current situation. Yep. It's another problem. So what? I would rather know about it yeah. so we can address it and we can move forward. Because if I know about it, then we can start thinking about how to solve it. Because any problem is basically, um, the way I kind of look at it is, everyone was using the best information that they had at mm-hmm. the time. And maybe under certain circumstances, the reason why things are the way they are is because, you know, they had to, maybe it was 3 o'clock in the morning and there's a customer going, oh my God, my numbers are wrong. And they were like, oh, I can make this quick fix, Right. And then things like that get forgotten, right? But yeah. then you look about it a year later, and people have built on top of that. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is spaghetti now. This is awful. 
right? Um, you know, it's like that scene in the Monty Python movie where, you know, the guy eats one more cracker and explodes, right? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. You get to that point where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the person where, you know, people go, oh, Blaine, guess what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> all this work we did for the last <laughs> 10 months. <laughs> everything just exploded. <clears throat> um, yeah, we have to redo it. Uh, it was wrong. Foundation was off. Um, but that, but that's the nature of software. Software is always constantly changing and you got to look at it and go, you know, uh, at some point you got to be fearless with it and just go, I always go, let's just solve it. It will move forward from there. And yep. Blaine, that is the nature. That is the nature of life. It just, it is. I mean, it's so complex. Well, that's what a lot of people don't realize. You're never going to have perfect information. (laughs) Never. Just make the best you can with the information you got. Yep. And know that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip up and. I think the most important thing is not to make the same mistake twice. That's actually in our core values. I always tell my daughter, yeah. it do, I don't care that you, you know, made a mistake as long as you learn from it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that that's that's uh, it's literally like we have, you know, our, our core values are fresh, which we're people first, it's reflective growth, and that and and that what's defining that is reflective growth. We celebrate progress over perfection, but we try not to make the same mistake twice because then that's negligence, because then that exposing lack of discipline. Lack of learning, lack of reflective growth. So it's the opposite of the core value. And then we have, you know, efficiently unified uh, social capital being the greatest resource or the greatest currency of people. It's our currency, serving people. Um, And then uh, humbly leverage, just making sure that you're asking for help. You know, you're never trying to power through. Um, You just need, because life is, and I'm constantly talking to my guys about that, what we're talking about. We're like, look, man, give me the brutal facts as fast as possible. And let me just, like, don't sugarcoat this stuff because, like, the cheapest time that conflict is is the moment you can get it to me. Yeah. Then I can start processing through it. You try to hide that sucker for a week or two weeks, that's what's going to make me upset. Right. Not the mistake, not the failure. Like, all right, let's pivot through this, man. Like, oh, we, we like, oh, man, we totally forgot to film. Like, it's happened a couple of times. <laughs> we forgot to film this podcast. Well... It's a podcast. Just put a picture up, you know, create a little extra work, and there it is. You know, that that was the, not to throw Ryan underneath, but when we were first starting this thing, he was like, um, so the camera started, and uh, then it didn't. So, like, the last, like, we've got, what, three podcasts released so far? Two. No, we have three. Yeah, all of them don't have video, though, right? None of them do? The third one does. So, <laughs> it's like, mistake, mistake. That's that's actually textbook. Like, oh, what the moment we just dis- we discovered it was after the second episode, and then you go, okay, let's not do that again. And then you just kind of process through it. And I'm very proud of. I mean, proud. I mean, I, I, I throw them all sorts of random, crazy stuff. They go, yeah, I think we can do that. And just so much like software guys, like, ah, yeah, we're solution people. We're going to create solutions. But that's a ramble. Um, man, so we we've been going for what 35, 39 minutes. It just runs, doesn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but um, get me to shoot my mouth and go on all, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, just I really, really intrigued by just your life and who you are, some of your dreams and aspirations, and and what you've accomplished in software, and working for a large company. I'm I'm constantly learning from that. Um, but let's like, why, why did so you're part of Cress? You're a member here. How did how and why did you join Cress? I was driving around and. Saw the banner. Yeah. I had been at another co-working place um, that was just actually right up the street. And it was just getting to be, like, too loud. Mm-hmm. And 
I like to have concentration time, and I needed something that was close to where my daughter goes to school. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the um, Tampa Catholic School that's just almost right across the street. Literally across the street, yeah. And uh, I, was, I was frustrated with the other co-working place, and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to start doing this back and forth, which, you know, one trip, one way is an hour. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at, like, two hours taken out of my day. Mm-hmm. If I do it twice, then it's four hours. Um, so I'm like, that, you know, that's time sitting in traffic. That's time I can't I, – you, you, can't, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was driving, I was frustrated, I didn't know what to do, you know, because I knew I couldn't work at you know, in a noisy place, because they were getting people, sales guys doing, like, chants and doing these stomping things, yeah, and yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, guys, come on now, Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> and I, I was like, I just can't, I can't think, and, you know, and even when you're trying to sit on calls, that's like, uh, hold on, guys, let me put you on mute real quick, they're, do- they're doing another chant. <laughs> okay, okay, they're done now. <laughs> oh, 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 wait a minute, they got another one going, hold on. <laughs> yeah you know you know what i'm saying so we i was driving taking my daughter to school and i just looked over and you had the advertisement and it said co-working and i was like all right i gotta check this out and the very next day i, I walked in and i think it was uh i think it was travis i think it was me. walked me around wasn't it was it travis or me i think both of you were, were okay here. yeah um and then showed me around and i was like yeah it was you yeah. I think I was talking to Trav when I first walked in. I was like, he's yeah. like, oh, let me get Jeremy for you. And then, you, yeah, you showed me the, the tour. And I remember thinking, this is so much nicer than uh, the other co-working place. And oh, wow. I like the fact that, you know, everyone so far here has been really super friendly. Mm-hmm. At the other one, it was a lot more hands-off. I really didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, There's a lady that came in and that made the coffee, and I and I would talk to her. Um, so, but, but I liked going to a co-working place. Um you know, versus being at home, just, you know, just have random conversations. So now I talk to, you know, Ryan and Travis in the morning. I probably bore them to tears <laughs> um, every once in a while. I, I try not to, but, you Very know. doubtful. Very doubtful. <laughs> you talk philosophy, whatever. It's yeah. Just, you know, just something different. But, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I usually hang out in the downstairs part just mm-hmm. because, I don't know, I'm you always you have a creature habit. You're like, this is my space right here. <laughs> Actually, some one day there was someone that was in the, the table that I used. Yeah, oh, you need me to move. And they, they were like, do you do you want me to move? I'm like, <laughs> eh, I don't care. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It's not, but yeah, I, I tend to grab. Like, if you see, I park in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of that's because I, you know, if I get going, I'll forget things. So yeah. if I always park in the same place, I don't lose my car. It's human nature, man. I got you. <laughs> I'm right there with you. But all right, how do I like not lose things? I, I use tiles now on my phone and everything, because I don't I don't know what oh no it's AirTags now I used yeah. to use tile now I use AirTag because it's uh, more convenient for my phone because um, I do lose everything all the time it's uh it's that creative brain I think that kind of oh man um <clears throat> so I this is a, really for me like that's really awesome so you literally were just like a walk in you drove by and then you you joined from a time position and just really needing it. Uh, what my second question I always ask is what have you gotten out of being a part of this community that you weren't actually expecting? Cause you, you came for really what we call the free stuff. You came for the, the facilities. Um, but what, what have you gotten out of this community that you haven't, that you weren't actually anticipating to get out of it? I'll say that I didn't anticipate, but at the other co-working place, I was kind of expecting more of, uh, to kind of rub elbows with mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and stuff like that 
one to get ideas, mm-hmm. right? Um, because eventually, I um, I've done several startups in the past, but they've all been uh, failures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> Wonderful. That's a way that's you learn that, not what not to do. Exactly, yeah. and I know eventually I'm going to get that itch again, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to want to do it. And so it's kind of nice to be able to talk to people um, yeah. that are going through it. And so when I do get ready to do that mm-hmm. jump again, you know, I, you know, to have that, that camaraderie, yeah, you know, and, and things like that. And, um, so you were expecting to get that from here? Was not, well, I was expecting it from a co-working place. Yeah. I expected it at the other one, but I didn't get it. So it's, it's, it's like, this is what I'm thinking it is. It is not this, but then you found that here. Yeah. But so you, were you expecting to get that here or were you just like, you know what? All these places are the same. I'm just going to come and get my work done. Yeah. That's what you were thinking? Yeah, that's what I was doing. I just need a, a quiet place to yeah. sit around, think, have meetings, and then, you know, wait for my daughter to get done with school and pick her up and then continue on. Right? So, so then we actually filled your expectations that you're like, oh, this is like, this would be a awesome thing to have this and that's yeah. what happened here yeah but then there's been like weird um, i won't call it weird but you know one of the other co-workers um you know we were talking we would talk you know pass each other and say hey man what's going on we found out we were both you know technology people yeah, like yeah. oh that's cool and then we keep talking and then one day um he overheard me talking on one of my um meetings and he goes you talk like a small talker and a small talk is an old language. It's one of the things I started out in. Mm-hmm. It's um, and I still have a love affair with it, but nobody uses it anymore. It's it's esoteric, mm-hmm. um, but the ideas in it, there's things that are still not in there. And I was like, and my ears perked up, and I was like, wait a minute, what did you just say? Is this Krishna? Are we talking about Krishna? Yeah, yeah, I love I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah so he's awesome. He's like, and I was like, how'd you know I did small talk? And he goes, it's in your language. And he goes. No one else talks like that. Yeah. And I was like, so then we got to talking, found out that we both worked at USFNG at one point. Mm. Um, I think we were there at the same time. Yeah. Um, we wound up having the same manager at different points. Wow. Right. So, yeah, it was like, oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly what's supposed to happen here. And small talk is such a rare language for anyone to know or have had any experience in it to find someone just. That's awesome. So it's just serendipity. Yeah. Just literally sitting there over a handful of months and being like, wow, we have this common bond here and uh, you yeah. didn't even know it. Yeah. It was just one of those things like, Oh, so how, so you were super shocked to have that experience here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was really cool, but that's the kind of experiences I kind of wanted in a co-working place. I wanted yeah. to go to a place where, you know, you mingle with people mm-hmm. and, and you find those because you never know, you know, you never know what backgrounds people have or yeah. what you can learn from people. You know, even, you know, um, the developers that I'm mentoring at NCR, I always tell them, if you have an idea, say it. I I, I am not, you know, all knowing. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times they'll come up with an idea and I go, that is nuts. <laughs> but wait a minute. That's actually let's try it out. Yeah, it's awesome. And then a lot of times it has worked out and it's like, oh man, stuff I would have never thought of. And to me, it's just like, you can always learn from everyone. You know, my big thing is, is no matter where you are in life, when you come at the same place at the same time, it doesn't matter what your background is. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. You're there now. Mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't matter how you got there. You're there now. And then what matters is 
going forward. Just right? the journey, the processing. And yeah. then learn from the, their different journeys, right? Mm-hmm. Learn from the past, look to the future, live in the present, yeah. right? Don't live in the gap. Be content and just be like, this is, yeah, that's awesome, man. So that makes me feel good because that is literally, uh, some people get shocked by this. I think I've said this a couple times on, on different episodes. I don't think I've still ever been in a co-working space. <laughs> ever. Ever. Because that's not, that's how people have actually defined this. Uh, that's not how I ever defined it. I thought, I need I need a space that's just, and we're getting so much tighter with our messaging. We're, you know, we're even trying, because we have to play in the market that we're in, but it, it's, it, and I, maybe that's the, maybe that's the unique factors because I set out as an entrepreneur to create a solution for my own need, right? Realizing, man, I need to like be around other people to sharpen me, to challenge me, to think me, to grow me. And I thought, you know, I could have this space that does all this. And, uh, man, I could, I need, and I just started putting everything together that I experienced touring from hotel lobbies to coffee shops to everything. And, um, and now people have started calling it this thing. And so I've been obviously researching co-working and realizing it's a giant industry. Um, but so that just makes my, that just makes me, it's an encouragement to me that you're like, you know, this is a lost cause. I don't think this really exists. I'm just going to go and put my head down and that we organically have actually created that by creating solution, you know, but just, and so we've literally stopped like, like we say the facilities are ancillary, like you're investing in yourself here. You know, the benefits here is the social capital. It is the serendipity. It is the synergized growth. It is um, building a trusted accountability network of people to just challenge you, to grow you, to, to man, I'm going through this thing. Who, who's here that I can just go, okay, thanks for that, man. I was, I needed that. I was about to go react and rip into somebody or like whatever that is. I mean, I'm struggling with this. Has anybody ever done that? Um and so we're constantly, but it's like, I, I think we're just saying it's like this is a co, co-working and event hall reimagined experience, a professional community for you, Thrive, Connect, and Dream. That's like what we're narrowing down in of what right. we do. And just like, so this, inver- this interview has been like really encouraging for me that we're actually doing something of validity and, you know, in people's lives. And because uh, it's, it's, it gets stressful. I'll be honest with you. you go, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this works. None, none of us do. And, uh, but so uh, you're, that, that, that just encourages me because that is the purpose I set out for, exactly what you, what you talked about. And I didn't even know that story about you and Krishna. And, and so that's just, just thank you for that. Thanks for being such a valuable member. Um, yeah, we just figured that out last week. Wow. Well, I know. And, I know. It, and it took him to go, hey, you're small. Because <laughs> when he first said it, I was like, yeah. Did you just say that? You know, what'd you say? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so the third question is the doozy. I actually have a second, a fourth question as well. But the third question, which, so you're going to be the only one that, that gets the fourth so far. I just uh, thought of it. The third question, it is a doozy, actually. It's something. So this is for me to learn, uh, constantly grow and lead better. How am I just brutally failing at this that I could do better at? Co-working space, yeah, top down, man. Like, I, like what are we failing at? And it, it, it's, it comes from me. Like, what are we doing that we could do better? What are we not doing? What are what? What would you rather see more intentionally done here? Um, just that we're, you know, I get, I celebrate failures. So, like, brutal facts. What, you, you know, just I think that's the question. Yeah, I'm thinking. I think what you're doing, you're doing a lot of things right. Um, I th- everyone being positive here, I kind of like that culture. Mm-hmm. 
everyone I meet here is super positive. Um, I really haven't met anyone where I'd go, uh, I, I'd rather avoid them in the future. Um, yeah. There's been none of that. Everyone's been s- super positive. Everyone's had a, a just um, an amazing story. Mm. You know, it's one of those where, like, oh, I want to I learn more you, you know about we, everyone. You know, like, we screen, right? Like, we actually have, like, when we do the tours, that's actually an interview. I don't. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's an interview on our end. Of course, we let you in. We love you. (laughs) No, it's screening for people that have that mindset. It's the mindset of growth, the growth mindset. That's the whole heart of this. Yeah, like you're welcome. Everyone's welcome, but it's like the culture. It's presented in a way that only people with growth mindsets get it, which is really cool. Like, and it's hard though because you're like. Yeah, see, I see like a place like this could eventually. Um, I, won't, I, won't, I won't talk about it in failure, but I could kind of see where this could be like like an incubator. Mm-hmm. Like where you could have this, where you know, an incubator for like technology companies, a place for user groups to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to live in Omaha a long time ago, and I rubbed elbows with all of the entrepreneurs and startup people there. And I actually ran a user group there. I ran several because I wasn't having success at first. I started. Don't laugh. I started out with a small talk user group, <laughs> and then I, I laughed. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, like two people showed up, and I was like, well, we could just go get coffee. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do one of these. Um, at the time, Ruby was big. We're like, okay, we'll, we'll move it to Ruby, and then you know, five people showed up, and then um, I finally um, I went out to a conference uh, at um, in Boston, and it was called the Dynamic Language. Mm-hmm. And I thought, conference, and everyone, they talked about all these different languages and all, all this different stuff. And I thought, wait a minute. If I broaden what my user group talks about, mm-hmm. we can get all the people that are passionate about, at the time, these these newer technologies. And so that's what I did. I rebranded. And then at that point, we were getting 20 to 30 people. I also started, uh, had the bright idea of serving pizza. Yeah, yeah. Young developers, software yeah. developers, free pizza. goes hand in hand. Yeah, it's pretty funny, though. Yeah. You know, you then people started showing up, and then people started complaining, like, well, you, you always get, like, the cheap pizza, you know? And I was like, well, you know, if you wanted to sponsor me and pay for <laughs> it, I'll get the more expensive stuff. Yeah. And the funny thing happened then, then we started getting sponsored by some of the consulting firms because mm-hmm. they realized the people that came to our group were the more, more passionate people. And when they placed mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, the, the employers were like, oh, my God, we're, we need more of, yeah. the, of these folks. And so... It was kind of growing some of that, mm-hmm. but getting how do we engage that? Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about how, yeah, how could you put that here? I mean, it could be as simple as having a space for user groups because right now, a lot of places um, they charge. What does it look like? like yeah. What is a user group? I mean, what, I'm not a technology guy, but I absolutely would love to serve that space. What do they need? Once, once a, a stage, I just, oh. you know, something yeah. to show audio visuals on because you're normally showing code and so on. Oh, two of that. This. Yeah. Yeah. You know, show that and then, um, you know, be able to have, you know, food and, you know. Um, would you want to str- Would you want to streamline that? Do you have the bandwidth? I don't speak that language, but I can for sure come alongside and support that passion. I think I think if you could support the the one problem with technology is having a broad enough discussion to where yeah. you have enough topics. Like you can't say, you know, Python's a programming, a pretty specific program. Yeah, language. yeah. You know, if you go, well, we're just going to talk about Python. We do. Tampa used to have a Python users group. Mm-hmm. I think we still do. Um, but it's hard because the topics are so far ranging now. It goes from data science to mm-hmm. this and that, but it's all centered around Python. Well, a lot of the technology is growing beyond that. Yeah. Um, 
but how if you make it too broad, then no one shows up because they're like, well, it's too broad. Yeah. Right? Um, my my whole thing. It's one of those yeah. things. If you can strike that balance, yeah, get people to start coming in. When I was in Omaha, that was what was awesome because I was pulling in like entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and I was pulling in um, startup yeah. guys, but I was also picking up the guys that were working a day to day job. Yeah. Um, in a corporation going, Oh, I want to use this stuff. That's awesome. This is really cool. How how do I, you know, how do I get this started? Then, you know, we had a pretty good mix. Um, but you know, it, it took me years to get that done, but it's one of those things where if you can have a free space to start out with, yeah, because user groups, the guys that hit up the user groups, they're they're not making any money. They're doing it out out of their heart. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, for us, here's what I'm hearing. We can, we're failing at being more intentional of reaching out and creating a give first to the tech industry here in Tampa. Like we have not done a good job or of intentionality of reaching into that direct niche demographic where there's a need there. And that's awesome. That's what I learned for. And that's, and that's always a hard one to get, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, there's the Tampa bar, the bar camp. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know anything about the tech space. Yeah. The, the bar camp used to be a, what's called an unconference. Mm-hmm. So you show up and you say, I'm going to talk about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And you put up a time and then people vote on what they uh, want to go um, listen to, right? Mm-hmm. So really you don't know if you're going to talk the, the day of or not. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, well, hosting like something like that here would be incredible. We, we, do, we do a hosted by, presented by series all the time that we basically, members come to us like this. They have an idea of a specific niche industry or passion or just a network. Like we did one last night. It was a hosted by, presented by business networking event that you could have come to, anybody could come to, that Stacy, who's one of our members, puts on with her coaching company. Um, and it's it's always great. And then um, <clears throat> I did one for, we did that CBN, uh, Christian, uh, Cambridge Christian Business Network, because Cambridge Christian is a, is a member here, the private school around the corner. Um, and so they actually, we did a hosted by, presented by event for them where the, the and so <clears throat> I love that idea because um, we can, what I have is the ability to come alongside and serve with a space. I do have that. <clears throat> and that's like a, for something like that, I mean, it's equivalent to giving like a $2,000 value away just to be like, yo, coming alongside this vision. Um, <clears throat> and so I do know how much that costs. And so I would absolutely be willing to do that, to donate that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, I, let, let's brainstorm on that, man. To be honest with you, like I, I don't know the first thing about reaching that demographic, but I sure can be a cheerleader, man, and support you. I, I know we have three or four software developers that would be great to get you all in the same room to discuss this. Yeah, because I, I think it would grow. Yeah, when I was in Omaha, we did it organically. Once mm-hmm. you get kind of roped into, you know, I got two more circles. actually that. I, so this is just something that we can like offline discuss. I've got uh, a guy named Kyle and another guy like these guys that are actually they they have PE groups that specifically start like invest in startups, tech startups. And so we technically have a lot of the resources to actually do what you're talking about with relationships and capital. And I just had never thought of it to be honest with you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And any way to serve like our, our members that are tech guys, you know, that have a great ideas and that's a whole heartbeat of this. So let, let's uh, circle up after this and, and uh, maybe we can just do like a brainstorm session. I just do a group text or something between everybody or we can, how's that sound? We can do that. Yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, somebody will rise up. He says, I'll, I'll own. we just have to create like an ownership. Somebody say, yeah, this will be mine. I'll, yeah. I'll present this. You host it. You open the doors. I'll present it and organize it. And that's kind of what we're looking at. So what do you think of that? Yeah, Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. Do you want to do that or no? I'm not going to put you on the spot. You don't have to say yes. It was a good idea. 
but we just have to find a couple guys to have passions for that. Yeah, in a couple of months, I'll have time. Perfect, perfect. Let's let's uh, let's dialogue with that. And then the last question I've never asked this for anyone because I do know that there's a uh, there is a uh, I don't know if I should ask this, but I am going to. What would we have to do that brings so much value to you? That would say, you know what, I joined because my daughter went to school across the street, but I don't want to let this go. I'm willing to like put it in my schedule to drive now to be here more intentionally when I don't have to be here. Man, that's a hard one because I hate driving. I know you do. I know. I know. That's why I was like, I got to ask this. That's why I'm going to be sad when my daughter's no longer going to school because it's like, I could, I could see me wanting to come in like every once in a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah, that that drive is. I mean, what is would you need? Nicer people on the road. Dang it! Okay, <laughs> I have no control over that. None. I would probably change my schedule. <laughs> okay. And probably just come in not as often. Maybe yeah, like yeah. Once a week or something. Yeah. Like um, one of our C level guys. Like our C level guys come in once every quarter. Like they literally have like these dope offices, and they come here for planning once a quarter, just to be around the environment. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. You know. Like the user group stuff would be, I I, I think something that would, uh, I I would yeah, I, it's something I've been having the itch on because like um, you know I talked at the Python u- user mm-hmm. group a few times and my thing is my time has been so sporadic with what I can do in my yeah. spare time. Um, it wasn't like when I lived in Omaha. Mm-hmm. In Omaha, you know, I was you know still you know you better be an empty nester too pretty soon, man. That that, that little girl is going to college. Yeah. <laughs> That blows my mind. Yeah, it's 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 funny when, when they're like little and you know being funny and you know and then they grow up and like yeah to yeah to know that she's now a grown woman is yeah I'm having a hard time with it. Oh man, we'll have to talk about that. My my little one's nine. <laughs> my little girl. <clears throat> I'm like oh, we've already talked about this a couple times, but um, well we're kind of gonna wrap up on the podcast, so we can always talk forever. We'll talk about fountain pens. We'll talk about which. So I, sorry, I I've been I, slammed. I know, I know. No, I got it. I got it. I know. Up and ready, man. I know. I want to try it. So he's really into fountain pens, guys. And I'm a collector. <laughs> I collect all sorts of stuff. And my wife is probably going to write you a nasty gram if I get into fountain pens, because yeah, I will. I know how extreme I get with collections. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, this pen is cool. It's got this. Why did you spend X dollars on that? Uh, because it's this. <laughs> And then you get the fountain pen, and then you'll want the inks. Oh, man. Yeah, you're going to get me. Because I I already told you I'm in watches and knives. And I've always, like, progressively said, honey, you know, you're going to have to, like, really watch me. If I, like, hit it big time, I'm probably going to get into cars. That's probably what I'm going to do. And have to have a warehouse just for cars. She goes, you're that's just, you know, they call that the collector of things. Like, there's collectors. And yeah. I'm, I've always been that way since I was a kid. So you're getting me into fountain pens pretty soon. Anything that will slow me down, though. Well, I'll ramble. My ADD just kicked in. We're going to do a whole other podcast for an hour. Um, but, uh, Blaine, man, it's always a pleasure to hang with you. I always, uh, I learn so much from you and just, I love like just your aura, your energy, your personality. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm going to work my tail off to make so, this thing so valuable. That you're like, you know what? My daughter's no longer in school, but I can't leave this community. They have done so much for me. I will miss this. And, um, and I, you don't have to, you can still come by. I will still come by. <laughs> you can keep that membership, man. No, I'm actually excited to, to help you um, navigate because my, I mean, I would, I'm, I'm going to be very straight with you. I think that you have everything, everything, and we can cut this. When I'm, I'm, no, I'm, we're going to leave this. This is just, this is who we are culturally. 
as a community. I can see so much validity and strength in you through everything you've done. I don't know how or why. I have a sneaky suspicion, but of why those startups failed, per se, and that's a quotation, failed. I doubt they really failed. I don't think you had crest in your life when you were doing those. Oh, no. I know you didn't because they wouldn't have failed because every attribute in you, Every attribute, your self-discipline, your self-motivation, your self-thought, um, your critical thought to, to, to problem-solve, how you build culture within your team, everything in you is the makings of an unbelievable founder and CEO. I just don't think you had the connections in the community to encourage you and drive you forward because the business side of the doings versus the strategy of the executions and the timelines, that's what I have. And continually building, and that's what so many other entrepreneurs have. It's a ha- it's a, I, when you're ready to do that startup. I think we do a roundtable where I get some of the best entrepreneurial minds, like just business guys, and we we hear your pitch and then help just build that business plan and structure because you'll you'll kill it, dude. You have everything to kill it, and you'll be one of the next greats, in my Thank opinion. You. Yeah, for real. And, I, and you're very humble, and you don't you don't like people praising you like that. But it's I, that's what I see in you, man. And, well, uh, I, I know I know why things have failed in the past. You know, <laughs> one is I focus too much on the technology with the belief that if you know you make it, they will come, and that's just not true. Mm-mm. You really, like you said, you got to get out and advertise. You know, mm-hmm. like you're thinking of different ways of pushing the yeah. co-working space, um, which I think you know it's you know it's a hard space to be in because you got to reach out to the right people. It's mm-hmm. a lot of smaller people. It's not like you get one big company and. You know, I'm in the money. We're working you towards know, that. You know, you got to get, you know, a, a lot of... Um, By the way, how many NCR employees are in Tampa? <laughs> I think I'm the one. Oh, dang it. Never mind. <laughs> 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 Those, that B2B plan really works. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. You were on a real flow. But, yeah, but uh, that's... But yeah, it, no, that's what I'm just... You know, I, I, I know where, where it... The, the, you know, the startups have failed in the past. And it's just one of those things where it's like, okay... If, when I get ready to do this again, I know, you know, you need to not you, only have the good technology yeah. and have things can be nimble, but you need to focus on the sales and the oh, other things in the connection. You didn't even have to tell me that. I knew that because because I, I know you are the implementer all day. You are you just, you just heads down implementing Thought, idea, 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 idea. If my hands are not in it, I I don't feel comfortable. I mean, you're just going, (laughs) and you're. And here's what I love about you. And I'm just going to ramble. This is a little longer podcast, but what I love about you is that you are a natural implementer, and this is just my gut that learned to innovate. Because what I think, I think there's two different types of people, creatively, like natural bends. You're either naturally innovative, you're just everywhere you're not you're not your 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 mind is just like in the clouds and you have to learn to it to implement or you won't be successful and then you have the other ones who are very solid implementers and great leaders and they just go a, a to b bring it out of the clouds bring it to but then they also have to learn how to innovate and not get so stuck on the paralysis their analysis they're just focusing on right. this thing and you need actually a yes you need a yang and a yang to that you need the one part who is just like, and it could be a hire a partner that just goes, I am going to do this. And they are just out there, visionaries, big, they're marketers, they're sellers, they're dynamic. But man, they could get nothing done without you. 
right? And it's that same thing. And that that's honestly like that's why I have like my like Brian, you know, the dude's just like we're polar opposites, but we've been best since we were four, best best friends since we were fourteen. And even today, I was like, he's moving to California, um, and I was like, yo, and I was just like super blunt. I was like, hey, um, when you move to California, you still don't work for me. <laughs> and he looks back like with fear, almost. In, if you'll have me. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I wasn't going to, like, experience anything that I wasn't expecting. If you're still in, I'm still in. I'll figure out how to make a, you know, a cross-country thing work. And that's that whole heartbeat. Like, dude, I trust you. You are an implementer, and we're going to just figure this out. You know, and that's that's what I've learned that makes me successful is not, like, not being able to be the best you. It's just fun. Like, and so that, that so it, to encourage you with that, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, let's pair you with the guys the right who's in the room that know how to sell, that know how to raise, that know how to get a word out. Because then, like, anything you create is just going to blow up, dude. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what I want to do, man. I just, I, I, I want to hear more about these ideas and pitches that you have because I think you got it in you, man. So, hope that, does that encourage you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's just the outside looking in, just an outside read. How accurate was it? Yeah, I'd say pretty accurate. All right, cool. <laughs> Guys... <laughs> I don't know about all the great part, but no, yeah, dude, you I, see, I'm I do it. My, my problem is, is I have, <laughs> I, I, I like the shiny babble, you know. Oh, look, that that's pretty, and then I'll go play with that, and then, oh, that's really pretty, and I'll go. What's well, the shining syndrome? We all do that. All I that. need to do is focus mm-hmm. and take it to the steady end. Eddie with the systems. Systematic process is what makes things work or doesn't work. Yep. You know that as a web developer. Oh yeah. All that is the same thing in business. What are my systems? My linear approach to solving and hosting this complex issue of infinite unknowns. That's it. It's a linear, if this, then this, if this, then this, if this, then this. And it's like, it's awesome. But it's very, very time-consuming and draining. But it's fun. All right. So we're going to wrap. What is that? It's like we're like an hour, a little over an hour, 70 minutes. That's not bad. 65 minutes. So, um, Blaine, did you have fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are just awesome. So I'll do this anytime. Anytime. Next week. Next week. Maybe. Maybe. You're always here. I'd be like, hey, we had someone cancel. It doesn't work for you. Like, no, I'm regimented. I'm very rigorous in my routine, calendar lane. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, if you're watching, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, go ahead and like and, and subscribe. Um, follow us anywhere that we have socials and join our mailing list. Uh, come in and get a coffee. Come and hang out if you're in Tampa. Um, if you're watching this and now we have multiple locations, come into any of our locations. See ya. Thanks. That was awesome. It was a great, right. great episode. Cool. Great episode.